Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the More Breakdown podcast. Um, live from our homes in our respected areas, guys. Um, on Skype, rather than our nice little plush offices, office at the Borough Breakdown, not Borough Breakdown, the Red Army uh, studio. If, if Yaff and uh, Dave heard me say that, they kicked right off of us. <laughs> but yeah, so guys, nice to see you. How have you been doing? Good, yeah, coping, which is good enough. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been all right. Um, it's a lack of football's uh, hard, but you can you can fill it in with uh, watching old highlights, playing football manager, playing FIFA, etc. But uh, missing the real thing. Yeah, it's been a weird, hasn't it? Like, I don't, I don't know what we've been able to do. Really, I've, I've, I've turned into an avid walker. You know, um, using my like my di- one exercise a day and going on a nice little couple of mile walks. No, I'll, I'm very fortunate that no one lives around me, so I've found paths. Well, I'm in Billingham, but like found a few paths, which is nice. Um, but I miss do miss the footy though. It's a bit, it's a bit weird, but it's mm. nice. It's nice to be back a little bit. You know, we could have. Hopefully we've got some more things planned in like the next few weeks, but I feel like our content's been good as well. So, but let's chat and let's kick things off first. Let's chat about isolation because I feel like very topical at the minute. You know, break the walls down. Um. So the first question is from Joseph, and he says, "Name three ex-players or managers you like to self-isolate with, and why." So I want to start with you, Dana, because I feel like it's a good little question to open things up again. So who would you pick to isolate with if you could? I mean, I feel sorry for Dave because you know, like I feel like he's going to be <laughs> like, like you know a bit left out at the minute. But who would be the three players you want to isolate with? Um, it's a good question, yeah. I chose three. One of them's quite controversial, I'll get onto it, but the first one is Massimo Macaroni. I said to you, Johnny, on the um on the group chat that I would love to have Massimo Macaroni on the on the podcast. I just think that like although he, as you said, he probably doesn't speak a lick of English. Uh, I think it would be brilliant to have him because obviously he was the hero of the UEFA Cup run against Basel and Stour, but he also didn't feature in the, the Carling Cup final, but he was obviously a part of the, the Carling Cup winning adventure um so i'd love to just get stories from him about that era because it was you know one of the most successful times of Borough's recent history so you know he was the the main man of it really you know he's, he etched himself in a borough four club with those two goals so i think massimo macaroni for that i'd have 
Gareth Southgate because obviously he was the one that lifted the trophy. He was also the manager, so I'd, I'd get his take on why he sold Matt Schwarzer and why he didn't replace him and George Botang. So the, those would be two key questions. Relegation as well, England manager. And Gaston Ramirez, funnily enough, because the inner journalist in me would want to know why he become a snake, essentially, because, you know, he resurrected his career and then he slid into somebody's DMs, his starter, and then everything went downhill. So I'd, I'd, the inner journalist in me would want to know why he essentially derailed our Premier League season. Maybe you, you just wanted a bit of fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to get the tea. I want to get all the tea and I want to get all the gossip and just lap it up. So he just wanted to mix it up a little bit. Um, Els, who, who, would you, who would you go for? Um, I've got one the same as Dana, and it was Macaroni as well. Um, sort of the same thing, you know, ask about those goals um, and about the Callan Cup final. Um, and I also thought he'd be a great cook. Um, just oh, yeah. maybe a, a stereotype mm. of, of Italian, Italian there. But, yeah, you know, if he can whip up a good pizza or a, or a cracking carbonara, then, um, you know, we're all winning, aren't we? So... Um, the the second one I went for was uh, David Nugent. Um, he just seemed like a an absolute joker when he was here and a, an all round fun guy. So I thought he'd be he'd be good to sort of have in isolation and um, have a couple of drinks with. Um, and then third, I went for Ben Gibson just to kind of have a a local lad in there, just someone who's a bit down to earth and just kind of talk about sort of stories of of the club and um, our experiences of both fans of the club really. So. Ah, yeah, that's interesting. Both interesting picks. Um, I think I'd go with my Lord and Saviour Aitor. I think we, you've got to pick him. Um, you know, bring Aitor home is is going to be something that I'm going to be saying for a long time. I think. Got imitation uh, of Aitor. I think he'd be. I think he'd be very proud of when you do your Spanish. Um, so I think you and him could just pretend to like understand each other for a day. Yeah, I know. I feel like we just got on so well, you know. Like maybe he could, like I could teach him a few things. He could teach me a few things, you know. Yeah, but imagine if he does that whole Charlton fallout again, but he can't really get out. We can still then. He's just locked in in the spare bedroom. So come on and talk to you. Like on the Sims, when you make a house and just delete the door. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh, God's fuck's sake. Um, I'd definitely go like all though, and I'd probably go with. Oh, it's a tough one. Like, I feel like, do I go. <sighs> See, I, 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 I kind of want to be like a little bit where I learn more stories from. So I feel like Victor Valdez is a good shout because, you know, Valdez and, and uh, Carranca are both Spanish, so they can like bitch about me when like and I don't understand them. <laughs> Uh, but also you have like good stories from them both, and then finally, I'd probably go with no. I feel like Robbie Musto would be a shout, mm. and like Robbie Musto because I feel like he's just you know down to earth, level headed, and you know what if like I or like Victor Val stepped out of line, I feel like he just smash him through the next week. So like, I feel like that'd be the probably the good route to go. I don't be fair, and he's got like good stories about Borough, but also he's he's living in. The US now doing a lot of broadcasting stuff, so that's why I'm kind of I'm interested in a bit of that at the minute, especially with the podcast and stuff. So it'd be good to even get him on the podcast if we ever could. So who knows, Robbie, if you're listening, you want to come on the podcast, you want to do a Skype interview, doors open, mate. <laughs> um, but in terms of like our activity, I think we've we've done a lot of like content stuff. But what do you think of Boroughs at the moment? Because we you know like the what they've been doing, the watch alongs, been moving like esport with like Simon Danny Taylor. 
Um, so what do you, boy, being watching, thinking about the watch alongs and what do you think we should do next or Bora should do next? I think the watch alongs have been great. I nearly cried at yesterday's, the Brighton one, because, you know, the way that Bora are now, 19th in the table, and you look at those times, I mean, it's just good to reminisce. It's good to go back and have a little trip down, you know, a little nostalgia trip down memory lane. And um, I think they've been brilliant. It's really inclusive as well because everyone's obviously watching and tweeting about it. So, you know, it's it's very inclusive of, of Borough fans and it just feels good to, like, look back at those good times. And I think that Borough have got it spot on, really. I just hope the Brentford game's next because, honestly, I think I'll be in tears. I love that game so much. That that season, for me, is is my favourite season. So, um, hopefully that one's next. But, yeah, the you know the tournament they had, the Leighton Orient FIFA tournament was brilliant. Um, sad that, that Danny didn't get to the final, but... It's been great. I think they've well, been favourites for that at one point as well. I think you could bet on it on Skybet and, and Borough yeah. were favourites to win that, yeah. We were. Did you watch the last game that he was in? He played three times against... I didn't know. Yeah. Who was it against? I can't remember. Um, I feel like it was maybe a Dutch team, was it? I th- he played Venlo. He played Venlo before right, that, yeah. I think. Um, and then after that, I, I can't remember. But yeah, he played three times and unfortunately he got knocked out on the third goal. But it was it was... Great fun, great fun to watch. Yeah, no, I thought, I, thought re- I thought they were really good as well, um, especially the watch-alongs. I watched the, the full one yesterday um, and the Carling Cup final as well. Um, and I think I think especially with um, sort of the ones years ago, I think the Brighton one, because it was sort of being so closer to, um, to today, I can kind of remember it a bit more. But um, with the Carling Cup final and things, it was even though I was there, I can't really remember much of it it was like just a bit of a, a blur really apart from the goals so it was interesting to just kind of um sit and re-watch it and um sort of watch it from, i don't know kind of analyze it a bit more and just see where people were lining up see what the players were like um when you know, I, I think i don't know other people might disagree but i, I thought janino was you know we probably didn't see him in his prime before that but janino wasn't the the janino of old that we um that you see in all the old highlight reels i guess but um, he wasn't quite himself in that game, I, I don't think. But um, nonetheless, it was a, a great occasion, and um, yeah, I, I just yeah, I thought that I thought they'd been class really on engagement. And it's a good shout there. with the, the Brentford game next, I thought, what could they really do next? I think they've, they've picked the four biggest games really um, that they could have picked so far. So where can you go next? But yeah, Brentford's probably the, yeah. the next best you, shout. Would you ever go down like maybe like a Chesterfield where we do three all? Well. Yeah, that could be a good one. Yeah, I think um, Chesterfield, or perhaps what was that the, the one you were saying? Uh, final game of the season was it um, that we got promoted in ninety seven, eight? Was it? Yeah, great yeah. game that one. Great game. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like I quite like the watch longs. It's, it's good for like some fans to actually rewatch games and realize how good we were. Like I was watching the um, like the the Stour game, and I was couldn't believe how good George Botang is. And like ism like was I know like I knew he was good like when I watched it when I was watching him grow up I was like yeah he's great football but like looking back like Jesus Christ he's he's everywhere he broke down the game so well like he's good pass with the ball he had like everything and I was just, like just so much more appreciation appreciation for George Boateng after that and like some yeah. of our players as well. Speaking of uh, George Boateng, the, the Premier League put a video on um, yesterday and there was one um, clip where he just got ab- absolutely done um, by Robert Perez which I know is a 
completely different kettle of fish, but um, I'm not used to seeing George Bourne get ripped to shreds like that. But um, Perez just, yeah, skinned him and then lobbed the keeper. Um, we never good against Arsenal, though, were we? We'd always get <laughs> Oh, he'd always get thumped. Yeah. Always get thumped. Oh, yeah, like the 6-1 at home, 4-0. Like the occasional five nil as well. Like we didn't, we didn't have used to do very well, did we? I and remember we, uh, the game beat seven nil um, away from home, and I think, I think the Gazette absolutely. I think it was sort of like we had loads of kids out. I think they, they absolutely like, ripped shreds into um, all the kids at that time. Um, but the, yeah, it was. I mean, fair play. The, you know, there was only the kids playing. I think we obviously had a cup run going at the time, but um, yeah, it was still the, they absolutely destroyed us um, on a number of occasions. So. Yeah. Oh well. At least we won't play them anytime sooner. <laughs> yeah. So that's I mean that's the only problem. They're not what they used to be anyway. Like they used to be so frightening. Like that with that team, like Henri, Campbell, uh, Vieira, Parler, um, Wiltord, you know, like Perez. Like there's some absolute ballers in that team. Like even like the the, the defence of like Ashley Cole and uh Loren, like, oh man. Some mm. some team that some team. But it was. It is what it is. When you look back at it now, like when we beat him one 0 when Janino scored in the Carling Cup semi final, it was just like absolute. And that it was in the invincible season where we beat him twice, and mm. and not many people think well after. So you take it. But um, also, what Bor have been doing is like obviously the sign that Danny Taylor as well, who is more like esports and plays a lot of FIFA and a gamer and a YouTuber. Um, do you think Bor should keep going in that route in terms of like? Like contributing towards like more, go maybe going down towards more of that e-sport route and try to increase engagement that way because I feel like I think it's a good position for Borough now, um, especially in more of like a marketing perspective and reaching out to more of a younger demographic. Um, appreciate like there's Borough really need young fans coming through the door quite a lot and they do they've done it with like more of like the family stand and stuff, but towards like that, I would say fifteen to about twenty three. You know, it's, it's a really good market for esports. So, do you think that's a good move from Borough? And do you think they should contribute and keep like double down on it essentially to engage with fans more? Yeah, I think you said it, you know, the younger demographic. I think you have to be forward thinking in, you know, on social media these days because it is exactly that social media. You've got to be innovative and creative. And I think that Borough have been that. And yeah, it's, it's good to see because it's, it's not only, you know, putting themselves forward and pushing forward as as a club in terms of social media, but it's also incorporating fans like Danny Taylor and there'll be other Borough fans as well that, you know, will look at Danny Taylor and think, right, you know, that's what I want to do. I want to become an eSport gamer. And, and then, you know, Borough are, are not passing over them. They're including them. And again, it's that in- inclusivity. And I think that's brilliant from, from Borough. So it's it's another good good move from them, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think the other yeah the other thing on that is um that they're uh, trying to do a, a football manager one as well I believe now um taking so, your fan uh, there else taking yeah you want to get on that Elliot I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm that good yet um still only just uh, applying my trade I think just still starting to learn the ropes but um but no I think I don't quite know exactly what they're planning on doing with it whether it's going to be like an online game and they're getting other fans on to be other teams in it. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's a, another potential avenue. You know, try and do it on as many games as possible, not just not just FIFA, um, and get fans included. Really, uh, the thing with social media is that uh, you know you can um, you can really try and change uh, people's perceptions of how the the club is perceived. 
So uh, it's a good thing, really. Yeah, I was going to say, well, you've been doing a lot of football manager in the space of isolation hills, and you did like a simulation. So I've, what's the update on the simulation? Because I know where we ended up. It was more or less more Braves manager. We're in the championship again. He's trying to make a few signings. So what's the update on it? Sorry, can you say that again, Jenny? So we I know like on the last update you did you were doing quite a lot of football manager and then it was finally it was Tony Mowbray. Um we were back in the championship, even though we got us promoted. We signed a few players and I know you've simulated it further. So where are we now and has Mowbray got us back up again? I actually haven't um simmed it that much further yet, um, because of the time it takes. Uh I haven't got round to, to doing it that far yet. Um but in the time that we, we have done so far, um, the squad's changed drastically. Um, and, yeah, it, it's kind of mad to think that in a five-year period it can it can change that much, really. Um, but, I mean, a lot of the players that we have signed, I wouldn't particularly see Borough actually signing them um, the next five years. With I think the players we're, we're trying to target at the moment, they're all a bit unknown. So whether we get some, um, you know, different kind of director of football in or sort of... Um, Chief exec who starts looking elsewhere, then um, it could be interesting. But we made some good money, I think, on on some of the players that we sold. Uh, we sold Dale Fry and Nathan Wood to Norwich, um, <laughs> and made a killing off off them. Um, and Lewis Wing as well. I think we sold for like twelve million, which you know, I think if you get twelve million for, for Lewis Wing, it'd be brilliant. So I can't quite remember who we went to, but I remember we got twelve million. I thought that is that is crazy. 12 million and then we're still a championship as well. But to be fair, I'd take 12 million for Lewis Wing any day of the week. I'd drive him there 12 million. Yeah, well, um, it's been quite up and down. Um, you know, we've been in two playoff finals, both finished 2 2. One we won on Penners, the, the other one we lost. So um, it hasn't been sort of devoid of, of drama, really. So, yeah. Yeah. And the Premier League season just going worse than we completely imagined and getting relegated on the Was it relegated relegate on the final day? We got. Right, it yeah. was. It was. We we finished on the same points as Leeds and went down on goal difference. But I, I think it was the final sixteen games of the season. Pretty much half of the season, we didn't win. And it was like if we just picked up an extra point somewhere, I picked up three points somewhere where we drew. We'd we'd have stayed up. I don't know how we didn't win in like sixteen. It was either sixteen or eighteen games we didn't win. It was it was an absolute joke. <laughs> it reminds me of like Gareth Southgate era where we were like fifth. And we were in like the top six, top eight for like until about October, and then we just didn't win a game afterwards. And yeah, that's essentially, how we that's, got what, that's what it must have been. I didn't check the sort of um, the positions uh, as we went, but it must have been, you know, it must have been that we were doing all right, sort of mid table or, or something like that, and then we just completely dropped off a cliff. I don't know how we didn't win um, a single game in the in the second half of the season, pretty much. Um, and yeah, like I say, we went down on goal difference and Leeds survived, which makes it makes it that much worse. It's a little bit sickening you know, a bit. Mm. But instead of like the virtual world, we'll chat about the real world for now then. Um, we'll move on. And we've had quite a few questions about this. Um, and it's going to be good to like get back into the swing of things when the football starts coming back. Um, so we've got three, we had three questions really from Daniel, Connor and Rob. Um, and I'm going to just, we'll split them out obviously. Um, but it's mainly about when the season's going to be coming back or if it's going to be coming back. Um, Daniel's question was um, asking whether the season should be scrapped and we start all over again next year. 
Um, so is that something that we should look into or do you think there's just too much money riding into it at the minute and we should really try and continue and play out the rest of the season over like maybe like June, um, June to August? Is that something that we, do you think we should probably look down or do you think you'd scrap the season and start again? I think you've got to try and finish it. But if, if it is declared null and void and Leeds don't go up, I wouldn't be adverse to that. But no, I think financially it would make sense to to not do that but at the same time there's no perfect situation really there's no perfect conclusion to all of this um you, you're going to go on to it about behind closed doors but you know that is a possibility I just think that we in we are in such a, an ever-changing and precarious and quite unusual situation with this coronavirus that you know what can you do that is perfect I think with every possible outcome there's always something that well but what about this and what about that and I don't know I think it's it's a weird one with with the coronavirus thing I I don't think the season should just finish like it has done in the lower leagues I know that Stockton have been affected by that um I think Redcar have as well Redcar Athletic you know it's you don't want that to happen so I think that that the season has to be finished in my opinion one way or another mm, I, I I agree with you Dylan but else do you have like a, a different opinion would you like would you like to essentially see as a Borough fan would you like to see the, the season be scrapped and potentially start again Um, you know where, where Borough's position is you know two points above the relegation zone um, with joint pretty much third fourth bottom it's mm. It's not particularly good. Um, obviously, Millsborough are going to have players come back like Roberts and you know Shot and Friend. Um, but would you like just say, okay, let's just scrap it and start again? Is that a much, a, probably a better route for Borough itself, or but in a fan perspective, what what would you prefer? I think um, I think there's probably a case for it for some clubs from the situations um, they're in. It's either you know a case that you a rival or a team that you don't want to to do well. Um, like Dan was mentioning there with Leeds are a case of that you you know your own team's not doing very well. Um but I think it it's gotta be beyond your own loyalties really and um and more for the um for the reasons of, of sort of fair play really and and not just um that but the, the money involved for clubs as well for finishing positions and, and so on. Um because if it's null and void it's a case of how do you then determine the money, what clubs get um, from finishing positions and um, all types of commercial revenue from TV and everything like that, that they would have got um, based on the positions and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a strange one, but I think I think as best we can, we should try and finish the, the current season. I know obviously a lot of leagues below um, the sort of professional leagues have been sort of, you know, have ended the way they are, but I guess it's... I don't want to say it's less important because um, obviously to to some fans down there it probably still is, but um, it's a case of you know they can maybe call it, especially if maybe leagues are a bit more sewn up. Um, but I think when it gets to the real high end elite level of football, um, you can't just end things the way they are. I think it needs to be be played out fairly, and I think um, depending on how the situation goes, there's kind of murmurs of that things could be better by summertime. Um, and you could kind of do it all in one go, play almost like a, I think Gary Neville described it as like a festival of football, um, do it like almost like a like a tournament, but, you know, play the games every other day. Yes, you're going to have to rotate your squad and players are going to be tired, but um, it'll be great for neutrals of 
having that much football at once and being able to watch it all on TV and, and whatnot. So, mm. and obviously with, with like the playoffs and stuff in, in obviously in the football league, um, is that something we should potentially scrap because it's, it's it's again it's a couple more games. You've got to try and think of fans and obviously containment as well. Um, mm-hmm. So would you? like to probably see maybe third place just automatically get promoted and obviously bottom three in the Premier League come down top three in the championship go up is that something that probably makes a little bit more sense just for this season Mm. again again I think it's a bit unfair to change rules mid-season I think if it was a case that um you know the the decided to do it after this season um as kind of a precaution in case anything like this ever happens again um, then fair enough, but I think trying to change things mid-season gets a bit messy, um, and I think legal disputes could then come of it really, because um, you know how many clubs could argue the case that you know they were banking on trying to get in the playoffs to um, get promoted, and how much money they've probably invested. But uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. I, I think with the I know what you're saying. Obviously, with the playoffs, it's a couple more games, but I think um, was it. I seen it was maybe match of the day or BBC Sport or something put something out um, where there was like maybe rumours of the if the season does start again, it could all be completed. This including the playoffs as well in fifty seven days, which is just pretty good going really. Um, so the remaining games, including the playoffs, in fifty seven days. So you could just do that um, even if it is behind closed doors. Obviously then. Clubs have to take up their own thing of whether they're gonna how they're gonna do refunds to fans for season tickets and stuff. But at least the games are being played, and then you can start next season afresh. Um, that's, yeah. That would be my way to go, really. Mm. It's, it's, it's hard. It's in terms of like behind the closed behind closed doors and fans probably potentially getting refunds. Then, um, how would you like to see Borough go about it? Because I feel like there's a couple of things you could do. I think you, you could you refund the money to fans directly or would you like to see a route where Mills would potentially say, well, you know what, rather than refund you for the remaining games, you take the price off next year's season ticket. Is that something that you'd like to see Borough do or would you just prefer to have the refund and then pay the same same amount next season? I was going to say that the, the second one that you mentioned about taking the money off the season cards for next season of the games that we've missed or that we probably will end up missing for the rest of this season. I, I don't know how many home games are left. Only a handful. Uh, one, two, three, four. Four, four games left. So, I mean, yes, I, I mean, Percy for me, I think, take the, the price off, the, uh, off next season's season card. But um, in terms of playing games behind closed doors I know that obviously eliminates the spread of the disease from from fans but what about the players as well because you know there's 22 players on that pitch that will be grappling with each other and you know in in close contact with each other so what if a player gets it Mm. what would that mean for the league what would that mean for the rest of the the season of the games played does that mean that we just revert back to you know being on lockdown and postponing games or ending the season I don't know um, but like I mentioned before, there's no there's no perfect resolution to all of this. I think honestly, playing games behind closed doors is probably the best that they can do. Really, mm. would you be happy with the behind closed doors like um, route that go down? Really, because they could ideally go down on more of a route where they show most games um, on on TV, really through like the red button or something like that. Is that something that you you would probably be happy with? 
Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, um, like you say, it, it has to be, you know, first and foremost, like Dana said, there it has to be a case of that, you know, that the the uh, there's been a huge turn on um, the trends of coronavirus, and that you know um, that it's getting a lot better before we actually do even think of starting it. Because like you know, like Dana said, if if we get one player that has it, do you just revert back to to going on lockdown again? Then it kind of defeats the objective of starting it up. Um, so I think that has to be sort of first and foremost. But I think if you're going to do it, probably is the best way. As as much as people would want to be there, um, you know, if it's all on TV, I think people will just be happy that football will be back in some element, um, and people would be able to to watch it um, and sort of, yeah, not just reminisce um, and play all these kind of. Um, social media games of naming your, your five favourite players and, and whatnot, there's actually something more um, real and concrete about football again. So I think that would probably okay. be the best way. Okay, quickly, where do you think we'll finish if we, if if when the season continues? I think 18th. I think I don't think we'll really move from where we are. I know we are obviously 19th, but I think there is a gap between uh, Stoke and Birmingham, I think there's a five-point gap, so I wouldn't expect us to finish any higher than than that. Um, we could potentially be plunged back into the bottom three, you never know, but yeah, I think we'll we'll probably stay where we are, I, w- I would imagine. Okay, so you think we'll still... Else, are you the same? Do you think we'll... Yeah, probably somewhere between, yes, 17th to 20th. Um, like Diana said, I think that gap's too... Um, too far to kind of bridge really and looking at the fixtures um you know the highest uh team we're playing is bristol city in seventh um and then hull down the hall in 21st and then we've kind of got a mix of teams sort of yeah from seventh to 21st so a lot of mid-table teams who could be i say sort of on the beach but you know it's a case of like if if the season does come back um and we play it and those teams are mid-table do they really have a lot to play for after all this that's went on as well. You might just want to get the fixtures over and done with. So I think I feel like you'll see the teams at the top and the bottom. They'll be coming out with some more of the results. Um, yeah, so I think, and especially the next three games, if it, if it's played in this order, um, if we play Swansea, Stoke, and Hull, um, are where we could pick up the majority of our points to to stay up. Really. Yeah, I think I agree. I think we have to, we have to try and get in a brutal. Assessment, I think we have to get at least seven points from those three games and then hopefully try and kick on, and that should probably see us home. But I think the issue we've got is that we're still in the same position that we were. We were, we were in danger. Um, we weren't looking good. Um, I thought Gusted was probably the best route that we had because it brought a lot of pressure off us um, when we were chain- playing up the, fa- up the pitch. Um, and I just think that we haven't been good enough for the majority of the season, so hopefully... When we do come back and they start training again, um, we've got players coming back like Roberts and you know Shotton and obviously Friend. We got Ayala could be back as well. Um, so there's there's players that are coming back. Um, so we might be okay with that, and hopefully with the options, we should be okay. Um, but ideally, I want us to stay up. And if we do, then it, I think it probably gives we'll get another year as well. Um, I know if if we were to be relegated, I think Gibson would probably stick with him anyway. But ideally, I think if we did get relegated, I feel like you probably have to, probably have, to, in, a, in a fan perspective, I feel like you've got to have to go really. Even if you have been dealt a, a pretty bad hand, you've still got to try and get the best with what you've got. And hopefully we, we do still. But 
Never know. Fingers crossed. Probably a few weeks away anyway. I think, like you said, though, with um, you know, with all this happening, I think the positive could be that you know, if the season starts again, um, we'll be injury free for the first time. Um, we'll have Danny Ayala back, Patrick Roberts back, um, Shotton and Friend will have a full squad to pick from, which probably isn't um, the best thing as we've seen when we've had players back. But I think Danny Ayala and Patrick Roberts are key, really, um, to really. Two of our best players, really. If you, if you think about it, um, I think that could really help us still. So, yeah. Would Would we have Ayala back? Ayala and the never-ending injury. Oh well. <laughs> yeah, it's a buzz. You know what I mean? Put his down his tools. But in terms of Danny Ali's out of contract, and um, we'll chat about contracts now. And you know, there's there's quite a lot of players that are out of contract. And if we were to continue the season, um, you would essentially have players who run out of contract. Um, which might have to, there might have to be something put in in or the EFL might have to step in and say, okay, your contract's not ending until probably August. Um, but the way contracts work is, especially in the EFL, it's more or less of say if you're contracted till probably June, your contract doesn't really officially run out till July, um, because the club has to pay you for another month, and um, where you can find another club. Um, so. With that, you've got Ayal, you've got Johnson, you've got Shot, and you've got Housen, got a fly trying to come after me. Um, got so we've got, there's quite a lot of players that are out Clayton's of one of them as well. I and think Clayton, Clayton is out of contract as well. You've got the players who are ending the loans, like Ravel Morrison, McCoody, uh, Lucas Nemecha as well, Patrick Roberts. So there's a lot of players that Borough could potentially lose in this running. Obviously, I think the EFL will probably step in to an extent. But in terms of those contracts, is, is the people that you'd you'd want to keep really? I think I think uh, we got a tweet about it as well. Uh, but is there any is the players that you'd want to keep in that? Is well, you have to essentially keep. For me, Ayala. I think our defence has already gone through numerous changes. Um, you know, we've gone from having a, a very astute defence to it being quite leaky. I actually was thinking about it earlier about the amount of defensive changes we've had not just in terms of personnel, but in terms of players actually at the club as well. And we had Cyrus Christie for about six months and then Tony Pula's binned him off. You know, we've had Shotton in and out. Ayala's been injured. Ben Gibson obviously left. Um, Friends been injured as well over the past couple of years. So our defence has, has gone through a, a big change up. And I think that for me, you have to keep... It, it's either stick or twist. You have to keep the defence really how it is and then sort of like I talk Ranker did incorporate a, you know a, a more a better structure with it over time or you just sack it all off now get rid of everybody and bring in a completely new face you know a, a new defense so I, I don't know I think for me Ayala is important I know you've obviously got a different opinion Johnny about uh, Daniel Ayala which you mentioned on the podcast before but for me Ayala is important Actually, because of uh, the fact that Adam Clayton's the only defensive midfielder at the club, unless we're going to bring in one or two in the same position, I'd actually keep Clayton as well. But as for the others, I really wouldn't be that that fussed if if they did leave. Mm, okay, that's a bold statement, but I'll, uh... but in terms of like Danny, in terms of Danny Ayala, I think like <laughs> I had. It's like, can you? It's. Like, I'm not. You know, I'll keep him if we could. But if it's like, if it's contract, like we can't afford, probably afford to keep him on the wages that he's on. He's probably still on Premier League money because he signed a contract at that time. Obviously, depends on what we did at the time. And say if you got relegated, you could lose an x x amount of 
cash. Um, obviously, if you looked at, if you've ever watched that, if you've been watching that Sun Until I Die documentary, where yes. they've got like where the new chairman comes in, he just says, "Oh yeah, well, it's just an absolute shambles. Like we're we're not paying people if we get relegated. Like they're still on like a high wage." Um, so hopefully, Borough have actually done something and said, "Oh, you're going to lose an X amount if you win." Yeah, like, clause, get, like, like relegation clause. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think hopefully we've done something like that, but. If we can't keep Danny Ayala, then I think there's definitely players out there who could probably fill his spot. Um, and there's a lot of centre-backs out there which are up and coming and looking quite promising. Um, but I did. I think if we got if we sold Ayala or Ayala to go, I think, why don't we just see if we can tempt the hand and bring him a Cody more full-time? I think he's a, he's been a good addition, really. Um, I've And I think he's got a lot about him. He's only played a few games. But, yeah, we, he's been unfortunate in a couple of scenarios, like the own goal at Wigan. Um, but he's been, I would say, quite solid. Um, and I think he's a much better player than Ayala could be. And he's only 22, so he's only going to get better, really. Um, Els, what do you think? Are you would you be? Who are you looking to potentially get rid of, or well, at the end of the season, or who would you keep on? Um, I think as well as Ayala, I think Housen's uh, a big one. Um, I think about Housen, yeah. yeah. I think one for his uh, versatility, um, and two, yeah. As much as you know, you, you want to kind of get fresh faces and get newer, hungrier players, maybe on lower wages. In um, yeah, I think Housen's a, a shoe, and you still need experience in the team um, if you want to if you want to do well um, in this division and players who know the division inside out. And um, so I think Housen and Ayala, um, potentially even Clayton, um, I think, you know, we only really have him that can play that position anyway. So I think if you're getting rid of him, you're going to need, because we already need, I think, backup for him anyway and someone else who can play that defensive midfield position. So I think if you get rid of Clayton, um, you know, you, you've got essentially get two who can play there because when we try to play other players there, it just doesn't work. When we try to play Lewis Wing there, it's, I could see the thought of it. I could see where we were trying to where we were trying to go with it instead of kind of being more of a, a sweeper. It's it's almost a case of trying to um, use Wing as the main outlet and spray balls, but he just isn't doing enough defensively. So, um, yeah, I, I think yeah, probably probably those three. Mm, okay, fair enough. Um, so that kind of leads us on to pretty much like the final one um, is, is from Chris Gibbon. He just asks us about a realistic target for next season. Um, there's quite a lot of positions that Borough need to fill if we're going to let a lot of these players go. I agree. I think else, I would love us to keep housing and keep my hours if we could. And I wouldn't be too bothered if we lost anyone else. Um, but what would be the realistic signing you want to bring in next year? Um, because... For me, I think if we're going to do this now, uh, I think we should open the transfer window in June um, as planned and just have an extended window um, and the new players can only start for the new season. Um, so it gives t- it gives teams time to, one, get deals done, um, but also like the new player can only play like and in well from that new season onwards as well. Um, but who would be the who would be the players that you're looking out for? Who's like the one thing that who's the one player that we essentially need and who's realistic as well? Because a lot of names out there. Uh, I've looked at um, a few um, that I thought you know, could be realistic for for kind of different reasons. Uh, I think if we want a chance of of doing well next year, I think we've you know finally got to get some wingers in. Um, some out and out wingers, not um, 
players who then we turn into central midfielders. Um, I think I've got kind of three down. Um, I think we can go far. Uh, I thought one could be Jonathan Lecco, um, potentially. Um, I know obviously he was on loan at Charlton. I don't know whether he's still on loan there now um, from West Brom. So we could look into him, um, 20 years old, um, you know, still got potential to grow. Um, but he's sort of, you know, he's coming into a, a time when he, he needs regular first team football. Um, another one I looked at was uh, Xavier Amiechi, um, one of these English kids that have moved to Bundesliga. There's a whole host of them there now. Um, and he's at Hamburg. Um, he went for 2.2 million as well from Arsenal. So this is a you know, hefty transfer fee for them. But he's hasn't really featured at all. And he's been in Hamburg second team pretty much this season so um you know if he wants to play at a bit more of a competitive level um a loan deal could be could be a bit of a wise move um and the third one i looked at potentially a bit more um of a risk uh because with john leco he's 20 and amy actually 19 but i thought harvey elliott could be one um i don't know if he's maybe turned 17 now um, but in the, the games he's played in the Cups for Liverpool, he's looked really good. He, you know, he's getting um, touted to, to be a really good player in the future um, by a lot of pundits, and it, it could be worth a, a loan deal. We've looked at a lot of um, loan deals for Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea players in the past, um, and you know we've obviously lost out on a couple, um, so it could be one to look at next year. Mm-hmm. Some, good, some good little names there, mate. You've done your, done your research. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think wingers are a key. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of positions that we're going to fill. But I think if we're going to do it, I think they could be realistic. As you know, like you said, we've we've utilised the loan market very well um, in the past, and and Karanka used it very well as well. So I think um, you know it could benefit us with the you know the lack of lack of funds and so on. Mm. Dan, have you got a, a few in mind? Yeah, I've got a few. Um... The first one that I, I researched is a bit uh, out of the box, a bit left field, but Matt Crooks from Rotherham, he's a holding midfielder. We need a holding midfielder. Um, he's got nine goals from midfield this season. We'll probably end up turning him into a goalkeeper or something, as Borough usually do. But, um, yeah, I mean, Rotherham are doing really well in, in League One. I feel as though our realistic target to cherry-picking the best players from League One um, and hidden gems, if you like, from... Uh, the lower divisions and in Europe, because we, we're not the we're not the prospect we once were. That you know we bring in Jordan Rhodes, top end championship player, Gaston Ramirez, you know a, a top end championship player, probably too good for the championship. And um, I think that that is the route we need to go down. So Matt Crooks for me, one of their best players. We need a, a backup for Clayton anyway. And as his uh, career progresses, I think we need to look at getting a replacement in. So Matt yeah. Crooks is an option. Um, as well as that, uh, John Jones from from Rangers, a forward. I think he can play on the wing and through the middle. And we were linked with him on deadline day. Um, I think he will probably end up moving on from Rangers in the summer because he doesn't seem to be getting a, a look in. Um, Stephen Gerrard doesn't really seem to fancy him that much. So John Jones potentially could could come back to the club. I think he's got a point to prove as well, which is you know we've spoken about it on the podcast before. You know we want players that are eager to prove those points. So I think he is also um, an option. Connor Gallagher potentially from from Swansea, Brewster as well, who's currently at Swansea as well. If we lose. 
Rudy just said, who is out of contract as well. You know, we we will probably end up needing a, a forward. So a couple of options. Um, Patrick Roberts as well. Obviously, Johnny's going to go on gonna, uh, about Patrick Roberts in a minute. But yeah, Patrick Roberts, I think, is probably one of the most important signs that we could make for next season. Yeah, you just ruined my thunder there, Dana. Thanks for that. Sorry. Um, thanks for <laughs> Um, no, I, I think there's some good signings there, Dana. And I think what you've both brought up is that that creative spark which we need. Um I think we've all we've had we've had an issue of scoring goals since probably since McLaren left really. I think the, the, there hasn't been any manager that's really brought a team where it's fully exciting and we score quite a lot of goals. You know, the the days of where we've been watching Mac Viduka, Hasselbank, Yakubu macaroni you've got like the likes of alan but we've had uh, the likes of alan boxage who's yes was a bit of a lazy bastard but he did score some great goals you've got hamilton rickard there and uh, marco branca alan, jo- alan armstrong um hignett you know we've had some fantastic strikers um i think we had like our six strikers when we got promoted in 97 98 um and it's something that we should probably look to strengthen i think if the best business that we could potentially do is if we still up this year is re-sign patrick roberts on another year i think he's just he was he's been brilliant since he's came and he needs game time and we could be we could be tempted to like force Man City's hand a little bit. He's not gonna break through. I don't think he's gonna have the opportunities there. The, the squad's too good there. Um at City and for me, I think even if Pep does like him, it's you gotta think game time, are you gonna get it? And that if you when you've seen the likes of Sancho like go out and yes, I appreciate Patrick Robbins is a, a lot older than Jordan Sancho is, but it shows when you have game time you can propel yourself into the market and just going to start and short start him. And maybe he just needs one good season. Um, but we did it with Ramirez. Um, if we sign him more permanently, we could we could essentially kickstart his career again and hopefully get a bigger move away from the club. But I think he's, it's a good sign of him to have. There's a couple of sign, a couple of players as well which I've been I've looked at. Um, Alexi Garcia, who's at City as well. He's on loan at Girona, I think. He's a good little midfielder. First ever seen him when he was playing against Chelsea. And when Man City decided to play most of the kids, he looks like a big, big talent. I know he hasn't had that much game time, um, but I think it's a good midfield to have and something to build on. Um, Drew Yearwood at Brentford, he hasn't had a look in since he moved from Southend. I think he's a good sign. And if Brentford do go up this year, I feel like they just they'd let, let him go, even if he is young. Because he's young, he's not getting game time now. So why, um, why can't why can't we get a good little bit in there? He's he's for every from every time I've seen him when he's played at Southend. Um, he's been marvellous and I th- I'm surprised that he hasn't really fitted into their system or had as much game time as I thought he would um, so I think he's a good sign as well and I think maybe Callum O'Hara um, Aston Villa as well I think he's at loan at Coventry at the moment um, Coventry are flying high in the league they've got some creative spark as well He's he seems to be the player that makes them tick in the midfield, and I think we should probably look down that route. Um, there's also Sam McCallum at Coventry as well, who is a left back. He's actually just signed for Norwich, I believe. Um, so if we were looking to strengthen that left back, maybe we should probably look down that route as well, um, because it seems that Mark Ball is probably not going to get his time unless he comes back next year as a, as a completely different player. I feel like he's the one signing this year where I've been like quite disappointed in him because he has, he does have like when you watch him play, he has a lot of a lot of tools. To say that he could be a very, very good footballer, but I just don't think he's been packaged right yet. I think he's, he hasn't found his, his right position yet. Um, he's but... getting a look in at Blackpool at the moment. I know he obviously went back there to get game time. He's he's not really getting that game time. Yeah, it's well, 
it's hard when you come in. I think when you go and you join a club mid-season, it's very difficult because there's roots already there with, with certain players, and it's very hard to break in unless you've got that creative spark like Ramirez did, like Marco Branca did. Um, so it's it's difficult. I think yeah, I don't think he will get much game time, um, but he's got to try and come back this year and be a lot better because he, if he's not, he's going to probably get sacked off quite quickly. Same with Marcus Brown as well. Marcus Brown, if he's doing really well at Oxford at the minute, if he comes back, it could be a revelation. Um, he just needs the confidence and learns uh, learn a bit more about his game management because he just seems a bit of a hothead. Um, but that pretty much rounds things up, guys. Um, thank you very much for, for joining me. It's been a, a bit of a weird experience because I'm so used... Well, I remember like back in the day where I was recording with me a little snowball mic in, in the house and we've, we've I feel like we went full circle a little bit. We have. I don't know. It's, it's nice, isn't it? So that's pretty much it. So everyone, uh, like, share, subscribe um, to the War Breakdown podcast. I'll give us five star rating on the podcast apps. But that's pretty much it, guys. Um, we'll try and try and do another one in the next couple of weeks or so. We'll get, so if you're gonna reach out to us, submit your questions. We've also got the big quiz next week, so we'll talk about that in the next coming days. Uh, but that's pretty much it. So this War Breakdown. Thank you very much for listening, and take care, everyone want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out.